This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We'd play some competitive sports once in a while, wouldn't it? Would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on Football Sunday. Rashad is out today. He is six, so just Jesse and I taking you through until 11 o'clock. Games are already underway on uh, in the early window of the NFL. Remember, Seahawks have a game tomorrow, so that will not be on the fan uh, a little bit later today. By the way, Ryan Fitzmagic already threw like an 80-yard touchdown pass to Deshaun Jackson. So <laughs> things are things are going on for Tampa Bay that don't make any sense. That was against the Eagles, too, by the way. The Eagles who, you know, reigning Super Bowl champions and you know, won week one against the Falcons. Good defense. Yeah, just giving up a huge play right away to the, in the games of Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> uh, now, now I will say this. The Philadelphia Eagles last year, if there was one Achilles heel you could say about that team at times, it wasn't every week, but at times that secondary did not look great. So if there's one way to attack the defense, it's definitely the secondary over the front seven. Aaron Rodgers starting for the Green Bay Packers with a gigantic knee brace on. And he... Uh, his performance last week against the Bears, and I asked this to primetime, and they kind of poo-pooed it, but I'm going to bring it up because I really did feel this way. We have watched Aaron Rodgers for years. We have watched Aaron Rodgers make great comeback after great comeback and crazy play after crazy play for years. I think what I saw from Aaron Rodgers last week was one of the most impressive things he's ever done. Coming back from what looked like, to me, a certain serious knee injury, the way it bent backwards when it when uh, the defender fell on his leg, the way that he could barely put any pressure on it when he was leaving the field. The fact that he came back into the game and they were down, what was it, 17 nothing and 20-3? to three? The fact that he, that he came back in on one leg and the leg that was hurt was the plant leg and led, willed the Packers back to victory with some of the most incredible throws on one leg that I've ever seen was one of the most impressive performances, in my opinion, in Aaron Rodgers' career. I really think that. And I have many, many memories of, I don't remember the specific games necessarily, but I remember one, I think it was against the Bears again. It was late in the season when the Packers needed to get a win to get in the playoffs, and he had this like bootleg escape stack play that he threw for 60 yards down the field into the end zone, and it was caught for a touchdown. Like Those are all super great plays. And obviously he won a Super Bowl, so that's impressive and, and one of the more impressive moments. But I remember watching that game last week on Sunday night and just constantly remarking, how on earth is he completing these passes? How is he even moving in the pocket? He wasn't moving very well, but he was moving. 
And I, I just, I, I kept saying, wow, <laughs> throughout the entire game. And to me, that's why it was one of the most impressive things he's ever done. Now, <laughs> I am the one person that nobody likes to hear um, when they're talking about this because I was, not to say I wasn't impressed, it was, what I guess what I came out and said the next day is, I felt like I just watched Rocky 14. Like, I've seen this story before. Now, I... It was obviously amazing. He He's obviously injured. He's not 100%. Um, and he made some amazing plays. But to me, more of this was about Chicago trying not to have happen what actually happened in the game. And that seems to be the storyline of most teams that end up with a 10-plus lead on the Green Bay Packers going into the fourth quarter is teams try not to lose as opposed to trying to win, which is what I saw from the Chicago bears that night in their defensive scheme in the second half, in the fourth quarter um, through the offensive scheme in the fourth quarter, they just didn't play to win. Whereas Rogers Rogers is always going to play to win. Um, And, and Rogers just finds a way to make magic happen time and time and time and time again, where, Every time I think, oh, Rodgers has had three bad quarters, he finds a way to make that fourth quarter to make up for all the rest of the three quarters. And part of that to me is he has a legend. It's it's the legend that Drew Brees has. It's the legend that Tom Brady has. What, you don't think that legend wasn't alive and well in the Super Bowl when Tom Brady came back from 28 to 3? No, that was alive and well. That's the exact same thing happens when you face they these guys. Say the, the old ghost to Yankee Stadium, right? Yep. You go to a place, you, you play a certain guy, and it gets in your head. It They do. And so when, when it comes down to Aaron Rodgers, what he did was phenomenal. That, I don't want to take that away. For what he did was, that, like, that is a top all-time performance in the NFL. For me, I'm a story guy. I'm a drama guy. There was no drama in that because, to me, I saw that coming at halftime. Once they told me that Aaron Rodgers was rolling back out there, Aaron Rodgers just doesn't lose. He's a winner, and everybody else plays not to lose. And so with that, he did a great thing, but it's something I've seen before, maybe not in that exact scenario. So you're poo-pooing it because you thought the Bears would blow it. Um, Because it – I understand your point, and the legend of Aaron Rodgers is certainly there, and I think that's why I'm I'm even more impressed about it is you kind of in the back of your head know it's going to happen. Yeah. And I was sitting there going, the Bears are going to lose this game to a quarterback who can't put his plant leg down. Correct. Who is so hopped up on happy pills. Did you see the post-game interview? Yeah. <laughs> My knee. My knee was hurt. When did you get the accent, Aaron? Holy crap. <laughs> like, right. was, he talked really strange. He was so hopped up on happy pills. And still, even with that, was very obviously grimacing every time he put his foot down and was still throwing the ball 60 yards down the field. <laughs> it was, I'm telling you, I understand why you say that, but to me, that was even more impressive. The fact that Aaron Rodgers is a guy that we sit there and go, he's going to do this. And he did it on one leg. I was that even doubles it for me. It, it just reminds me. It, well, we, once again, we've seen this before, not with Aaron Rodgers, but we've seen this before. We've seen it with Philip Rivers. People love to poo poo what Philip Rivers has done. He's been out there on literally like one leg and just making magic happen. That's what he does. So I, it's I, 
it, it to me, it's the legend continues. It, he just built upon that legend. Uh, it's every once in a while you have special games like this. Um, when Brett Favre came out the the same day his dad died and, and put up the amazing game that he did. There's just certain stories there's that are special. It's just for me, it sucks that Aaron Rodgers is so damn good that yeah, I do kind of poo-poo it. I just saw it coming. So to me, it wasn't interesting. It was great. It was phenomenal. It just wasn't interesting, is all mm. I'm saying. Mm. I think I've just I've I've come to the point where I go, it's always interesting to me. It's always something that I uh, that I'll find interesting just because I, I like watching him play that much. All right, coming up next, it's time for the West Coast bias. Let's take a look at the Oakland soon to be Las Vegas Raiders because that week one performance or the second half performance, not great. And there are a lot of question marks about the team and what on earth John Gruden is doing. So let's get to that next here on Football Sunday on the Fan. It's time for some West Coast flavor. Yes, this is the center of the football universe. Don't oversell it. I'm not selling anything. Come on, stop milking it. I didn't hear my lungs. I'd scream at you. This is West Coast Bias, an in-depth look at the NFL's Western teams on Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. West Coast Bias time here on Football Sunday. Coming up next, it is Hate It or Love It. It's one person this week, but I'll still give you my hot takes, and I'll take the win. <laughs> I'll take the free win. I will. I'll do it. Trust me. This will be your first time taking a free win. I know. I've never actually gotten to take a free win and Hate It or Love It, ever, ever. That just shows you how many more times I have than Rashad is out for this show. Um, but I want to talk about the Raiders here in the West Coast Bias, and – I want to ask the question of is John Gruden a little bit in over his head in the NFL after being out for so long? Because, and it's not that I think he's necessarily a bad coach. I'm talking more personality wise. I'm talking about managing a team wise. And I, I had the same questions about Herm Edwards, which I guess were unfounded at this point. Um, Cause they probably should have been in San Diego state last night too, if not for a, a weird call. But when you're out for so long, the personalities of the players change based on the generation of the players that is in it. And John Gruden last coached in what was it, 2004 or something like that, 2002, 2004, something around there. Yeah. And he came in essentially guns a blazing with his, with his old school coaching mentality. And it led to them trading Khalil Mack, which to me was the dumbest trade I've ever seen, especially hearing now that Khalil Mack told them he wanted to come back as long as they offered him a deal. And basically, I guess John Gruden really, really didn't like Khalil Mack. He just didn't like him. I don't know. I don't know if it's just as a person or as a player, but the reports were out there that he didn't like Khalil Mack from the beginning from when he was watching tape of him at Buffalo, when he got drafted high by the Raiders in the first place, he never liked him, which <laughs> is, stu is stupid to me, right? That, you could be wrong in a draft process and then realize that Khalil Mack is the best or second best defender in the NFL. And oh yeah. in his first game after no training camp with the bears, just, you know, pick six and force fumble return for touchdown and sacks and all sorts of stuff like in two quarters. Um, just, you know, but I just don't like him. I don't like him. You know, the model guy in the locker room who has been a team captain and has never done anything wrong. Just, uh, eh, 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 I don't like him. Don't like him. 
So that was kind of warning sign number one. And then two, watching the game against the Chargers, they they weren't playing well, but they were in the game in the first half. And then the offense just stopped working. And remember, John Gruden calls the offensive plays. And it wasn't pretty. Derek Carr threw quite possibly the worst interception I've ever seen. And that's compared to the Sam Darnold interception from his first game, which was awful as well. The cross body throw all the way across the field. Uh, Derek Carr did the same thing, but lobbed it in like, uh, like a center fielder catch kind of thing, like a little pop-up. And he just threw it right to the guy, right to the defender on the chargers. So it was bad offensive play calling bad quarterback play. The running game didn't work. The defense is now nowhere near as good without Khalil Mack. And I'm wondering whether or not John Gruden's in over his head in terms of how to coach these guys to get them to, to play to a certain level again. I think it's the arrogance to come out of broadcasting after being out of coaching for so long and be like, this is like, like you said, I haven't liked this guy since when he played in Buffalo in college. Too bad. He was an all defensive player at two positions. You're wrong. By the way, was his last year coaching, not four, 2008. Okay. Oh, so it was 10 years. Yeah. Um, y- you were wrong. You, you were wrong about Mac. And then Mac, like you said, proceeds to do something that hasn't been done since the eighties and getting a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, a pick six, all uh, just, uh, an absolute monster day from a defensive player. Like you said, wasn't in their training camp, was with them for like a handful of days and made that happen. That's a special player. That's an uh, all defensive caliber player. Well, he's already been an all defensive caliber player. You look at all the, the roster moves that he's done coming into this season. It's the oldest roster in, I want to, I want to say like eight years. It's, it is strange when, I was watching that broadcast and they brought that up and talked about how old he made the team. And I'm sitting there going, isn't, isn't it proven that right now the way to win is to get younger and healthier. Isn't it proven that to avoid massive injuries, derailing your season is to have younger players in depth at all those positions, not bringing in veterans who are going to be overpaid because they're veterans and are less likely to stay healthy that that is kind of how all these top teams work now. There's a couple veterans, of course. You have to have a smattering, and you want leadership and all that kind of stuff. But I saw that and went, "Why would you do this? Why why would you get rid of the young guys and just go all old?" Well, and did you it, think it would they would fit better with your coaching style? Maybe was that the thought process? I I honestly can't can't fathom what his thinking is once again i think it's it's plain arrogance to think he can just come in and and change the way the nfl works because you're right the nfl is about trying to be as young as i wouldn't say as young as you can but in a lot of positions trying to be younger rather than older one of those being running back Uh, the fact that i i understand marshawn lynch is on your your roster that's cool why did you bring in doug martin um, when you have a guy like uh, Jalen Richard in the backfield, who he's is proven year after year to be great, he's a, great. a playmaker, a talent, a talented running back. And for some reason, he probably doesn't like him, so he doesn't want to give him any run. Even though he's probably at this point the most talented back in their backfield, that you, it's just absolute arrogance on his part. And it, when you look at the the moves of how he made this team older, how you traded away a Khalil Mack for two first-round picks. 
that you're just hoping one of those picks ends up being a player anywhere near the caliber of the guy you just got rid of. Like that to me blows my mind. You you're not going to get a fair return for Khalil Mack because there is one other defender, maybe maybe two other defenders that you can argue are as good or better than he is in the NFL. You're supposed to get that with one of those picks. I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. And we, and we talked about that a little bit last week. It's, it's very, very risky to get rid of that kind of a quality player for the chance of getting a quality player in the draft. And especially one who is still young and early in his career in Khalil Mack. Now, the only thought I have on the other side, if I want to play devil's advocate here, is it's only one week, and we always say, you know, don't overreact to week one. You don't want to, you don't want to make a mistake and, and make a, a big proclamation just based on one week of the football season. And maybe on on that aspect of it, it was one bad game. They were in it for a half, and they just have to, as a team learn John Gruden's style and play calling. And then all of a sudden they're going to be explosive offense again. And maybe Marshawn Lynch is, excuse me, has a better, a better year than last year stays healthy and is a beast. Cause he started off the game. Well, if you remember in week one, he was, he was beast moding it pure, pure and simple breaking a ton of tackles, but uh, I just don't know. I don't know. Amari Cooper only had one catch again. It, uh, yeah, and he that comes out during the too. week and he says getting Amari Cooper is going to be um, easier said than done. Well, what? Yeah, that's what he said during the week. He he came out. I I believe it was Monday or Tuesday. Said it's going to be easier said than done to get Amari Cooper rolling. Why? I I don't know. Why? What? I, because because he brought in an old aging tight end. That, um, that has, almost caught for 200 yards last that week. That almost caught for 200 yards, and he's had, I would say, six other similar moments in his career and has never been able to live up to those moments past that. And so it's just he falls in love with things that the rest of the league don't care about. Because he's 10 years out of the league. Exactly. And that that goes back to the original point is, is that going to be a long-term problem for this team because the last time he coached, maybe it wasn't as important to have the really expensive defender on your team because draft picks were more reliable. Maybe the tight end position was way more important. Who cares how old? <laughs> I can go get Tony Gonzalez and he'll be great for me. Right. Jared Cook's not Tony Gonzalez, by the way. But that was just an example. Jared Cook's going to drop a lot of balls this season. Well, he always drops a lot of balls. Exactly. That's his MO. Drop passes constantly. Indeed. Um. So it's, it's just curious. And I, I was pretty excited about the Raiders coming into the year too, because I know Derek Carr had a bad year last year, but I was expecting him to have a bounce back year. And I was excited to see what John Gruden could do because he's a fun personality. And, but I, I kind of feel like they're going to be the bad of the bad now in the, in the AFC West and chargers look pretty good. Chiefs have looked good again today. So far, the Broncos under case Keenum should be improved. We talked about that and it just leaves me going well maybe the Raiders are going to be the the four and 12 team finishing in last place in the AFC West all right that's West Coast Bias we do it every single week 10 15 uh coming up next it is time for Hater to Love It but first Jesse has Sports Center Weekend sports with a difference. 
This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. That music means it's time for Hate It or Love It. Problem is, Rashad's not here, so I'm going to get the win. But I'd still like to hear uh, Jesse's questions and uh, give some hot takes for it. So uh, go ahead and let's get started. Give you some hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. I don't know. Uh, hot takes. I think uh, Pittsburgh's not as good this year. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I actually um, uninvested from everybody in the Pittsburgh offense uh, from fantasy this season. Really? Fact, yep. That's I did not target them. Yeah. I thought. I mean, it is kind of interesting, but I just, you know, this this weird feeling all off season that Pittsburgh is going to take a step back as an offense and as a team. So I don't know why. It just, I think it has more to do with Ben Roethlisberger than anything. Getting old, always hurt doesn't really want to play like the only thing that really motivated him to be to come back and play this year is they drafted his replacement after he said he didn't know if he wanted to play anymore then he was offended by it <laughs> whatever <laughs> anyways hot Whoa, takes Steelers Rogers are just, as good this year just like dove face first into the defense I guess his knees doing okay all I gotta say is man look out Rogers that team cannot afford to uh, lose you uh Deshaun Kaiser come in as a backup. Yeah, lots of lots of interceptions. <laughs> lots of interceptions if that happens. All right. We're going to do kind of an overreaction from week one. Hate it or love it. Okay. Uh, now, the first character that we will overreact to is somebody that you know because um, he's on your team. And I told you to draft him in your fantasy draft. And uh, for some reason, you listened to me. <laughs> and uh, week one. If you start him, it paid off. Probably didn't because he was an unknown name. But Philip Lindsay, running back out of Colorado, undrafted free agent, didn't get invited to the combine, came out and had quite the performance last week. 15 carries for 71 yards, two receptions, 29 yards, and a touchdown. Um, guy was phenomenal for the Broncos. Kind of did what they were expecting. Hey, look at that. Deion Lewis. Um scored a touchdown there for the Titans. Was not that, Deion Lewis. That was Sorry. not Deion Lewis. That was a... Uh, I don't actually know who that is. 13. Oh. Hmm. We'll find out. We will. Uh, anyways. Taiwan Taylor. Oh, okay. That's that's their uh, wide receiver there. Taiwan Taylor. Getting it in there. Um, Philip Lindsay. Love or hate. Philip Lindsay. Overreaction. Uh, hate it or love it. We'll finish in fantasy. PPR. Top 20 running back. Whoa. Yeah. Um. I'm going to go hate just because I think the I'm very, I'm very not certain on that. My hot takes not starting off super well. Hate? <laughs> I think the Broncos are going to try to get Royce Freeman involved quite a lot. And Philip Lindsay, they are saying could be a little bit of a thunder and lightning thing there, which is pretty exciting. But I, I just don't know if I'm sold yet on whether or not they're going to use him regularly as that kind of a guy, or if they're going to, use him as a change of pace kind of guy who's every once in a while going to get a touchdown every once in a while going to get five or six catches but more or less will be a third down back who is a uh, only catching passes not really running the football very much and is going to be a guy who in some games just doesn't get that many looks just because of the way the defense works out that's where my worry comes from they drafted Royce Freeman higher in the draft obviously because Lindsay was undrafted and I think they're going to want to get him involved in a lot of those goal line situations and a lot of the important situations to find out what they have in him and 
I would love it if he turns into like a Darren Sproles and he catches 10 balls a game and he becomes a huge threat just because that's good to have for any team. But I'm just worried about a one-week performance being, oh, all of a sudden he's the real deal. Let's see how it plays out for a couple of weeks before I, I fully buy that decision. I agree. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm excited about this guy, obviously. Um, told you to draft him, and nobody in your league knew who the heck he was. Um, and uh, I, honestly, I've been high on him, uh, not just because he's a Broncos, but because of uh, how excited the that franchise has been about him. Um, I think he totally has a the top 20, maybe top 25 upside um, in, in PPR, not necessarily in standard, but in PPR, I think this guy is a guy that's going to catch balls. And I think 10 to 12 carries or touches a day or a, a game should be about right for him, which, like I said, gets him that flex territory for a running back. Next, we're going to do an overreaction to possibly Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Mahomes had quite the outing last week, throwing mm. for four touchdowns. He's got a great start this week. He's already he's five for five, 101 yards, two touchdowns on the day against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road. Love or hate, Patrick Mahomes will throw for more touchdowns than Tom Brady. <laughs> oh. Oh, my God. I uh, love I'll say love on that one. Patrick Mahomes, I was pretty in on him going into this year. I'd love to sit for a year and become a starting quarterback model because we've seen so many rookies fail miserably when they get forced in right away. Um, and to me, Patrick Mahomes was a guy when they drafted him who I was like, Ugh, I don't know if he's going to be ready right away. You know, you come from a lot of guys who come from those types of offenses, the air raid offense, like he came from in Texas Tech. It, it, it's not the smoothest transition to the NFL because you can't just sit back there and have all this time to throw the ball. You're constantly under pressure, but he's proving to me that he can throw the ball with the best of them. And as much as Kareem hunt is going to vote vulture touchdowns away from him in terms of like actual stat purposes, I think that offense this year with a quarterback who can throw it down the field, Andy Reid's going to be excited to be able to use that kind of a guy. And to me, I think that means he'll throw more than Tom Brady. Plus the, the Patriots, they, they have a very reserved offense occasionally where they run the ball a lot. And if so many running backs right now, they have a wealth of pretty good running backs where I think that they're going to be able or that might lower Tom Brady's touchdown numbers. Plus he's getting old. He's getting older and his receiver core, although this never usually matters is not super great right now. And uh, I think Patrick Mahomes will out, will out touchdown him this year. I agree. Um, if there's one thing that Mahomes is doing that, uh, that Tom Brady isn't necessarily doing as much, I mean, he just threw another touchdown. Yep, third of the game. I mean, are you kidding me? Oh, uh, so I agree. Patrick Mahomes, more touchdowns than Tom Brady, probably has more yards. I think he has a better season than Tom Brady this year. All right. I know, right? I didn't see that one. Honestly, didn't see that one coming. Um, I do have two more, but we're only going to, we have time for one more. So I'm going to go with some Fitz magic in this third overreaction of week one. Love or hate? Yeah, we don't need to throw out what he did in week one against the Saints. Ryan Fitzpatrick's play in the first, what is it, three, four, three games, three games of the season will be so good, he's going to force Jameis Winston to ride pine. <laughs> I hate it, but I think it, there, is a, there is a small chance it will happen, but I don't think it will. Ryan Fitzpatrick has shown flashes like this in the past, and yet he has never been able to secure a starting job consistently, which to me shows that this is a very, very inconsistent guy. 
who will have great weeks here and will have poor weeks there. And the other way I look at it is they drafted Jameis Winston number one overall. I know that he has not fully lived up to the hype of that number one overall pick, but they still have to ride out his contract and give him every opportunity that he can to succeed. I'm not sure if Dirk Cutter is necessarily the head coach for Jameis Winston. I think there's got to be a certain personality that fits with Jameis Winston's personality as he still seems to fight with with Cutter on a lot of basic things. At least that's what we saw in uh, the two years ago hard knocks. And he still is obviously making questionable decisions, getting suspended, all that kind of stuff. But they're going to give Jameis Winston another chance. When he is back from his suspension, I think he will start. They, they keep saying there's no guarantee, but I think that's more of to light a fire under Jameis Winston versus as a reality of the situation with Ryan Fitzpatrick being a starter. He is a great backup to have for sure, but I don't think that he's going to be able to, he's going to be the starter for when Jameis Winston comes back. Is he the best backup in the league? As I know that some I people think he, say Nick Foles has been, but I think he is. Yeah, I, I think, think he is. He's not as consistent probably as Foles, but he's got, I think a higher ceiling not than as consistently Foles. bad as Foles. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's hated or love it. We do it every single week at uh, 1030. Normally it's a competition and uh, whoever wins gets to host the last segment. So that was me this week. And um, we'll uh, figure it out for the last segment. That's next here on Football Sunday. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I want to give a little pub to Jesse here in a second, but I want to breach this topic quickly first. We might be seeing our first ejection in the NFL for a helmet-to-helmet hit, and frankly, it would be warranted at this point. Cam Newton, running play, fourth down, clearly gets the first down, goes into a sliding motion, and the Falcons defender, his last name is KZ, K-A-Z-E-E, or Kazi, goes in head first and literally just helmet-to-helmet hit him. So... I think we're going to see our first ejection in the NFL. They, just, they switched off of it on red zone, but we'll, I'm sure we'll see. Ryan or um, Rivera was absolutely livid on the sideline, should be, and it was a really bad hit. The second you saw it, it was like, ooh, don't do that. That that was, uh, I agree. I think this should be an ejection for um, for the first one of the year. It, it was a lot of those players want to say what do you want me to do when you see the the quarterback sliding down the way he was one you don't launch at him like a, a torpedo and two uh maybe you just kind of slide down yourself as opposed he literally lunged at him that was um that looked it looked nasty he was to be honest uh deshaun watson intercepted <laughs> oh man by a dory jackson they, things are not going well for deshaun watson at the beginning of he the just, season he threw, they just showed it he threw it into triple coverage and, uh, to deandre hopkins down the middle but yeah, the the guy was just ejected from the from the Falcons game. It was it, it's a it's a dirty hit for sure. He goes full launch helmet into helmet, and uh, it almost looked like Cam Newton got like temporarily knocked out. And yeah, crazy, crazy. That's the kind of stuff like people will be like, "Don't be so soft." You need to get rid of that from the game. That does not belong in the game. No, that, that kind of a play. That was inappropriate. Um, it's just it's what you don't see in this game anymore. It's literally the exact play that they have been trying to eliminate since this concussion. Um, the concussions have been a big issue in the league. And I think we've seen a lot of, of moments where hits like that have been stopped because of the changes that they've made. So um, 
when it comes down to it, you see something like that, you just got to lay down the laws, the NFL. Just you got to suspend them for a game. Absolutely. Have to. Absolutely have to. And he was he was kicked out, and that, that, that will mean there will be a suspension. Cam Newton already throwing the ball on the sideline. They brought up the blue medical tent, and I suppose that he will be fine, or we hope that he will be fine. But, uh, but yeah, that's our first suspension that we've seen for a helmet-to-helmet hit in the NFL. All right, let's give Jesse a little bit of uh, love here, and I'll, I'll use it to promote my own podcast as well afterwards. But Jesse has started his, his uh, fantasy podcast. Indeed. And uh, you want to give a little pub to it? Yeah. Um, so uh, starting um, uh, right before week one, um, got together with uh, one of our old coworkers. Uh, Kevin Davis used to work here in – at intercom said hey man let's let's get our old fantasy podcast up and running uh we're going to be recording it on monday nights we have been doing it tuesday the last couple nights but i think we're going to end up switching to monday and we're going to do i record several podcasts on that day and we're going to release them over uh monday night tuesday and wednesday um for you guys uh we have a twitter account pdx underscore fsp once again at pdx underscore fsp uh, if you guys want to hit us up there, we can get you a start, sit, waiver wire, um, any sort of opinions on that. And uh, have it on our website, 10A The Fan. Obviously tweeting it out on the same Twitter account, and uh, we're on iTunes as well. So we're, we're trying to get out there and, and bring you some. I, I definitely try to bring something a little bit different than all the other experts out there. Uh, when you come to, for example, the waiver wire section, uh, all the experts have basically the same 20 names. What I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to find the waiver wire claims before they become waiver wire claims. So I'm going to look for those guys that um, just are the super deep sleepers. You know, I, I typically go deeper than the deep sleepers you see. Um, and, and I started out with a home run there in the in, in week one. Our first podcast, I was all about Philip Lindsay. I told everybody, you need to go out and pick up Philip Lindsay before week one. Because if you don't have a waiver wire priority, I don't think you're going to get them. Ended up working out just as I thought. It's not always that case, but like I said in week two, um, which doesn't make sense to listen to at this point, but uh, I'll probably find another four or five of those guys for you this year. So if you listen, I'm going to find you some guys. All right, Melvin Gordon with another touchdown. Love it. Um, yeah, I... I, I don't know much about Kev. I, I mean, I know him as a person. I don't know about, much about his fantasy expertise. But as you who have, all, who have all listened to the show in the past know, Jesse is quite good at fantasy football. And he gives very good advice almost always. So <laughs> I will say give it a listen if you are looking to get an edge in your league. And sometimes uh, during my weeks, I'll just shoot him a text and be like, hey, what do you think about this? Just as kind of like a second opinion. Because I, I personally feel like I'm pretty good at fantasy football as well. But You are. I very much respect your opinion. <laughs> Thank you. But um, I do, I, I do like to shoot him a text and get get that opinion as well because sometimes he he reads a lot more than I do in terms of like the deep stuff, which is what he's talking about with the deep waiver wire picks. Uh, he reads a lot from a lot of the local teams. He listens to a lot of the local radio shows and hears kind of the chatter there, and that is super helpful in those kind of situations. So definitely give that a listen, and uh, hopefully it'll help you win a fantasy football championship and win some money. Yeah, I have a few of those under my belt. Few of those, yeah. yeah. Feel, feels good, man. It does. Feels it good, does. Man. All right, I'm going to little give a little pub to my own podcast then, since we're going to do a little podcast love. Beers on us with uh, Patrick Harris and I. I release it every single Thursday, four o'clock. If you like beer, 
please listen to the podcast. We've been doing all sorts of various things. We're into episode nine this week. We're going to be recording and um, going out to Hood River right after the show here to go uh, to Double Mountain and record our second podcast takeover at Double Mountain. And we're, we're going to see if we can get into Freem as well and do a little bit of an extra podcast part from there as well. But if you like beer, craft beer, it's a good listen. Patrick works in the industry, so he's kind of the industry insider. And I'm more of the regular guy who likes likes to drink beer and, and likes to kind of learn and stuff like that. So we're trying to make it laid back, informative. You'll learn a lot. Uh, hopefully you'll find beers you want to try. You'll find breweries that you want to try. And a lot of it is just about kind of helping share about the breweries in Portland and spread some knowledge about the breweries in the area for those who uh, who like craft beer. And also, if you want to get into craft beer, we did a podcast. I think it was episode four where we talk about introducing craft beer to those who don't drink craft beer. And um, it was a, it's pretty informative for those who struggle with the taste of beer. Maybe they don't like the bitterness or they don't like the hop flavor or whatever. And just kind of some ways to kind of break in a little bit and try some beers that'll be a little bit more palatable to you before you kind of dive in full force into IPAs and, and dark beers and sours and all the crazy stuff like that. So uh, 1080thefan.com, iTunes, Google Play. You can find all of those. And uh, every Thursday at 4 p.m. is when we post that podcast. Just an exponential amount of stuff to talk about in that industry. It uh, really is. From home brewing. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have gotten into that at all, but we get on the list. Yeah, home brewing would be great. Uh, there's always the uh, for the uh, glutarded like me. The gluten free industry is not huge, but there are options out there. Um, and- I think we'll I think we'll definitely do something like that as well because. Um- what is the omission? Is that the name of the brewery? Omission is the local. Um, it, it's not technically gluten free. It's what you call gluten reduced because of an enzyme they use to break down the gluten within the beer. Um, we have a local uh, brewery here. Um, I believe it's on Seventh called Groundbreaker Brewery. Oh, that that's is the one I was dedicated uh, gluten free. Um, they make a very good pale. Their IPAs uh, pretty on point. So. Um, and then down in McMinnville, they've got another, they, they just opened one, um, the beginning of the year, um, evasion brewery. That's also dedicated gluten-free, but that's a bit of a drive down to McMinnville. A little bit, but good drive anyway. It, and, uh, and yeah, I, I want to do an episode about that because I know there's a lot of people out there who suffer from celiac. Uh, my cousin does. I know you do Jesse. So it's, it's, it's certainly a, a topic that needs to be discussed as there are a lot of people out there who cannot have the same level of beer as uh, the rest of us or the same quantity of beer as the rest of us because of the uh gluten in it i'll tell you what i danny amadola down painful not good that's not good they don't have a deep wide receiving core there nope um but yeah no i i think i'm excited to listen to that podcast because there's just so much uh about beer now where it wasn't a big deal a couple years ago and now it's just there's it it's such a big scene 10 years later now that I can't drink it 10 years later. Hey, you can let me know what it's all about. So Jesse's is uh, on Twitter at PDX underscore FSP. You can find it there. And then uh, at Mike Lynch 27 for me is where I've been tweeting out all the beer podcasts and it's on 1080 and it's on uh, iTunes and Google play. So thanks so much for listening to those rate, subscribe, comment whenever, uh, whenever you listen or, wor- or wherever you listen to them. And thanks so much for listening to the Football Sunday today. Hopefully you win your fantasy week. Hopefully you enjoy the rest of your NFL Sunday. And uh, stick around next week. We will be back 
I'm going to double check the uh, schedule here real quick for the Seahawks to make sure I know what time we're going to be on. I was confused about what time we were going to be on this week, but uh, 9 to 11 this week. And next week, we will be on 9 to 11. So there you go. Easy peasy. Same time for us, 9 to 11. Come check us out. Fantasy questions will be answered at 930. We'll have our West Coast bias. We'll react to the college games from the weekend. A big Oregon-Stanford game next week on Saturday night. We'll be reacting to and all of that still to come next week. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat!